2: Good morning. I'm Pet radiologist Charlie Reed, and you are listening to The Pet Buzz, the ultimate in pet talk radio where we want to help you take better care of your pets. We welcome our listeners who tune in each week from around the world. This week on The Pet Buzz, we're excited to present our annual Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show edition. The WKC Dog Show is celebrating 143 years as the second oldest sporting event in the United States. In our special programming, we're talking with this year's host, Gail Miller miller about what's new at this year's show. Also joining us today is Mike Lefebvre, the in-house announcer of the iconic show. Show chair David Helming is discussing the WKC club's tradition of giving. And Paul Campanella talks about the Masters Obedience Championship at Westminster. So let's kick off the show with Gail Miller-Beischer after we come back from a commercial break. Hey,
0: There are thousands of dogs and cats housed in shelters that need your help. Local shelter
3: professionals and volunteers give their heart and soul to help unwanted animals and deserve your support. Americans give millions every year to national animal organizations. But unless you give to your local shelter, you can't be sure that money will make it to the pets that need it most. Adopt, volunteer, and give to your local animal shelter. To find your local shelter, go to humaneforpets.org.
2: Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz's Westminster Kennel Club dog show programming. We're excited to learn more about the second oldest sporting event in the United States. Joining us today is the director of communications and the host of the Westminster Kennel Club annual dog show, Gail Miller Beischer. Hi, Gail. How are you doing?
4: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me.
2: We're so glad that you're here. First of all, I want to congratulate you on the Netflix appearance. I guess, what was it called? Seven Days Out? Seven Days Out.
4: Yes, it is. uh, Westminster was featured as one of the first episodes for this new show on Netflix. And uh, we were excited to be included, actually, because they did a lot of behind the scenes and showed the excitement of the event. And we were among some other very notables, like the Kentucky Derby and uh, and a haute couture fashion show for Chanel and things like that. So it was no, very exciting.
2: It was magnificent. And it also got, you got to see experienced handlers, but also newbies to the world of, of showing. And I thought that was great. So, you know, Westminster is so old. How many years old is the dog show?
4: Well, this will be our 143rd annual dog show. Mm-hmm. The Kennel Club itself um was a started being established in 1876, and then 1877 was the first show. It's hard to believe, like,
2: Westminster, an American institution, is like 143 years of old. I mean, isn't that kind of crazy, Nate?
4: Yeah.
2: I <laughs> mean, think about all the things that have happened in 143 years in American history. It's like unbelievable well, that's
4: something it it is it's you know we we try to remind people that uh the dog show is happening before the light bulb was invited you know invented and before many other things before baseball was a sport, you know those types of things it's a uh, uh kind of puts it in perspective when you look at it that wow. way,
2: before the light bulb was invented, that's hot, it's really hot, or should say that's electric,
4: <laughs>
2: okay, so <laughs> this year's show dates, when are they?
4: Sure. So this year, Westminster Week kicks off on Saturday, February 9th with the Meet and Compete event, which is the Masters Agility Championship, and then also the AKC Meet the Breeds event, which is a huge favorite. Since it's a Saturday, we get a lot of families that come to Piers 92 and 94 for that. And then, of course, on Monday and Tuesday, we have the annual dog show, which includes the Masters Obedience Championship and our junior showmanship competition where the young people are competing against each other uh, based on their handling skills.
2: Now, I don't know if our audience out there can hear it in Gail's voice, but she's quite fond of the junior showmanship because you were a junior show person.
4: That's right. I grew up in the sport and junior showmanship was a great experience for me. And, and I actually showed at Westminster in junior showmanship and placed, I might add, in the early 80s. I won't go into specifics, but it was oh, no, wonderful. okay. I and, never go uh, into specifics
2: <laughs> either about my age or anything that can reveal <laughs> my age. But that's okay. No, I think you got to give was, yourself some kudos though. I mean, that's, you know... Was,
4: Cool. It was really fun. The things that you learn um, being involved in the sport at a young age are things that oftentimes other organized sports um, offer, which is discipline and um, sportsmanship and dedication. But you're doing it with your best friend, which makes it a lot more fun, I think.
2: Right. I mean, and it's also, I mean, for you, you grew up in a, as a family sport. So you were with your mom and you were with your dad schlepping to dog shows. And I, I think it's a, it's a great thing. It's a great thing. So, you know, one of the greatest things about going to Westminster on a year-to-year basis or even watching it on TV is seeing the abundance of dogs. So how many dogs are being shown? Like, what's the show total? And what's the largest dogs represented in a breed?
4: So we always have over 3,000 dogs 3, at our dog dogs. show for the various um, various competitions. And the thing to remember is that we're in the heart of New York City. 3,000 dogs out in the country, at a you know where you have more space is one thing, but 3,000 dogs in Manhattan is a whole other ball game. So I think that's something that people are always shocked when they come to the show and they see so many dogs under one roof. It's just overwhelming, oftentimes. So this year, though, we're um, proud to say that the wiener dogs, the dachshunds, are really um, out in strength. We have 76 dachshunds wow. entered at the show. Mm-hmm. And that's if you're combining the three coat varieties, smooth, long hair, and wire-haired uh, dachshund. So, you know, everyone loves a dachshund and has known one in their life at some point, it seems. And you have so dachshunds. T-
2: you have dachshunds, I, right? have
4: had, I have had dachshunds. I lost mine last year, unfortunately, at a ripe old age. But um, they were, they're were a wonderful breed. They're very smart. and I don't think people realize how tough they are, a tough little Tough little dogs, tough little hunters. And then, um, as far as the breed with the most, the single breed with the most entries, the Golden Retrievers topped the list again. This year, there are 57 Golden Retrievers entered, and if anyone is able to come to the show and stand at the ringside, I mean, there's three or four people deep, usually. It's a very popular breed, of course, but... Seeing that many golden retrievers all in one place, you know, beautifully groomed, well-trained, you know, dogs that are excellent examples of their breed. It's just a, it's a beautiful sight.
2: It is. It really is a beautiful sight. And then what about Frenchies? Because that's a really popular dog, French Bulldogs or English Bulldogs.
4: uh, Frenchies are always popular at our show. This year we have an entry of 48 French Bulldogs and they'll be showing on Monday, February the 11th.
2: Yeah, but unlike a golden, like, you know, at least with the goldens, they all are golden. The Frenchies all kind of look different.
4: <laughs> That's right. You have all the different types of colors and coat patterns and, and that. And even in the goldens, though, they those people, those breeders and owners would tell you there's a lot of variation in the tones of the gold. But, um, but I agree. The Frenchies are all very unique looking and they can have different markings, which gives them a little, you know, something unique, as I said. Okay, so... A lot
2: of so. What are the top states the dogs are coming from? Like New York, Philadelphia. I mean,
4: well, Pennsylvania. California is actually has the most dogs entered this year. Wow! And actually, last year they were behind New York by I think one or two dogs. So uh, I always find it very interesting that so many of the West Coast. Uh, breeders and owners are willing to, you know, make that trek uh, cross country. And as you know, Charlotte, many of them are not flying. They're driving. So they're bringing their dogs a long way. There's 246 dogs entered from California this year that'll be coming cross country to show.
2: Wow. That's a lot of, that's a lot of dogs from California. Well, California a big, it is. it's like unbelievable. Okay. So what it about like thing. out of the country?
4: Cause you, it was we have- an
2: international show.
4: Well, it, it is to a certain extent. We have 14 other countries represented this year. Canada is always the most represented, um, obviously, with their proximity. And a lot of the dog people uh, in Canada come to the U.S. and vice versa. So that's not surprising with New York being so close to the border. Um, we, we have 103 Canadian entries this year. And uh, including junior showmanship entries. So even juniors are coming um, and and able to qualify and enter at Westminster.
2: Gail, one last question. Remind us about watching where and when.
4: So on Sunday, February 10th, we have the uh, finals of the Masters Agility Championship airing on Fox at 2 p.m. Eastern. So you have to find your local listing there. And then on Monday and Tuesday during the daytime, uh, preliminary breed judging, the breeds will be um, being showcased, select portions of it will be showcased on Nat Geo Wild from 1 to 4 o'clock at Eastern Time. And then, of course, the evening competition, the groups, and then Best in Show will be on FS1. And that will be starting at, there's a pre-show at 7 o'clock each night. And then at 7.30, the group competition will begin. And that's a little earlier than last year. So make sure you get to your sofa a little earlier this time.
2: Can't wait. That was Gail Miller, Beischer, the TV host of the 143rd Westminster Kennel Club annual dog show, discussing the upcoming extravaganza. Now, if you're home, all I can say is grab your dog, your drink, a snack, your favorite chair, and enjoy the show. But if you feel like it, come on down. I'll meet you at Madison Square Garden. Up next, we're talking to Mike Lefebvre about announcing the Super Bowl of dog shows.
1: Okay,
0: Warmer temperatures mean more time outside. You have sunscreen for yourself, but what about Fido? According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. Use EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers, and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Visit epi-pet.com. So I'm a
2: kid. You're listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. We're happy to talk to you each week about pets. So it's been said that the Westminster Kennel Club show announcer is mostly heard and seldom seen. So today we're going to shed some light on the announcer for America's favorite dog show. Joining us today is the Westminster Kennel Club dog show announcer, Michael Lefebvre. Welcome to The Pet Buzz, Mike. I'm so glad you're here with us.
5: Thank you very much, Charlotte. I'm glad to be with you today.
2: So, Mike, obviously, as a dog show announcer, you must love dogs, right? I do. I do. But most people don't know what your breed of dog is.
5: Well, we've had several over the years, but we did spend 30 years, my wife and I, uh, raising and shooting basset hounds. So that's probably what we're best known for. But my personal favorite, because I had one here at our home in New Mexico, uh, is a Norfolk Carrier.
2: Ah, a Norfolk Terrier. You see, like I said, we're shedding some light on the Westminster Kennel Club show announcer. We Who would know? Who would know that you had basset hounds or Norfolk Terriers, and let alone from New Mexico? Yeah. So, really, how did you become the Westminster Kennel Club dog show announcer? How did it happen?
5: Well, it's a, it's a little bit of a long story, but I'll, I'll shorten it. What happened in 2001 is that um, the gentleman who had been uh, announcing for 25 years came down ill. Um, and Chuck Collier, who was the, the at that time was the um, show chairman for Westminster, called me and asked me, because he knew of my voice and that I had done some announcing and that, and asked me if I could come down on an emergency basis and announce the show, which I did. Uh, and then subsequently that following weekend, I think it was, the, uh, the regular announcer passed away. Um, and I've been doing it ever
2: since. And that beloved uh, man was Roger Karras, who at one time that was, was Roger the president of the ASPCA and uh, a great man. And I always think of him every year at the dog show. Well, yeah, as as do I. Mm, that's so interesting because you did it for, you started in 2001 and then, then one year you didn't do it, right? And then you went back to doing it. Is that correct?
5: 2010, I did not do the show. Okay, that's 2010, right. you there's did been, not do the show.
2: Uh, is that is that when Chet left, or was no longer show chair?
5: Um, it's it's when they shifted over with the network. Actually, uh,
2: okay, uh, okay, right. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking to Michael Lafave, announcer for the 143rd Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. So, Mike, tell us what tell us what it's like to be the announcer. Is it like your favorite job all year long? Those two days of announcing the dog show.
5: I really enjoy uh, doing the announcing there. It's uh, it's an opportunity to go back and see the, the greatest dogs in the world, which I enjoy. Um, I've got the best seat in the house right down on the uh, club table. But in addition to that, it gives me an opportunity to get back to, to uh, Madison Square and see a lot of friends I have back there. So it's a, it's a real uh, advantage in both of those ends for me.
2: You know, it's interesting. I read that you feel your role as the WKC announcer is like an educator. Is that true? Yeah, it's
5: it's like presenting um, and informing, I guess, is what it is, educating people about what the breeds are. You can imagine that there are so many breeds that people have no idea what they are. And uh, when I do the announcing and give them uh, a background and a history and a little bit about the breed, then it sort of sets a tone for people understanding what the
2: breed's about. I, I wanted to ask you, are you always working off a of script or do you have the opportunity to edit? on the fly?
5: Well, people often ask that question. Um, We do have a complete script uh, that we put together in conjunction with the parent clubs for the various breeds. But what happens is that sometimes uh, in terms of the schedule and things get tight or judges will judge a little faster, a little slower. So I'll edit on the fly by leaving things out or adding some things in, But, but mostly it's off the script.
2: Okay. Just curious, did you ever mess up? (laughs)
5: <laughs> oh, <laughs> who doesn't?
2: Uh, <laughs> Great answer. Yeah, I
5: sh- yeah, I, uh, I sure did. When, uh, one uh, time I was uh, uh, reading the script for one dog, and it was another dog that was up there. And let me tell you, the people in Madison Square Garden let me know that that wasn't right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I guess part of the job is listening to the audience as well. Cool.
5: It, it is. I'm paying attention to where you are in your script, too.
2: Yeah, so... I, I, I think I know what it is, but I always wanted to know, what's the first thing that you say to kick off the show on Monday night?
5: Well, we have a um, we have an introductory um, into the arena mm-hmm. that tells people about the show and how many dogs are being shown and how many groups are, sort of a description of the show, if you will. And then that leads into uh, the announcement of the um of the national anthem and then we do the anthem and mm-hmm. then after that i call the first group in
2: oh can you do it for me
5: can we have the hound group in the ring please
2: and then the crowd goes wild it's amazing it's so awesome sorry could you tell i'm really excited <laughs> talking to you well what's the hardest part of the job especially i guess on tuesday night because by then you're tired um, well- i would think after a day of announcing
5: uh, I would say the most difficult part of it is is that particularly on Tuesday you not only have the uh, groups that we're doing but you have Best in Show mm-hmm. and so you're really um, we're writing scripts on the fly um, and uh, for those Best in Show dogs and everything has to be timed just right get the dogs in there so it gets a little tense toward the end.
2: You know, it's funny. A few years ago, I interviewed the announcer for the Kentucky Derby and. Uh-huh. Um, and that was exciting because uh, he was new to the job. He was probably one of the youngest announcers they ever had. And I asked him if he how he was able to incorporate his personality and style into the job. Do you find that you do the same?
5: yeah, I, I think it comes naturally. Um, you know the fact of the matter is that I mean I, I who you who you see or who you hear on the television is who I am. Um and so I think that just comes naturally through what I broadcast.
2: Cool. Now, I have English toy spaniels, and it's not a very well-known breed. So, you know, back in the day when David was uh, the director of communications, I would always beg him, please, David, please, can you put the English toy spaniel in the look book? But uh, can you just give us a little sampling of how you would introduce the English toy spaniel?
5: Sure, sure. Uh, Long favored by royalty, the English toy spaniel is nicknamed the Charlie after its most famous admirers, King Charles I and King Charles II. The English toy is a robust toy spaniel with a distinctive domed head. It is a devoted companion with a charming, merry, and affectionate demeanor.
2: Awesome! I'm clapping right now but I am I think that's great. I'm it's just so it's, it's so great having you here because like I said, we all kind of look for I'm fortunate enough that my seats were in the second row thanks to Florence Fodi, the director of operations. But you know, we always yep. try to like whip out the binoculars and try to find you in the field and you know, see what's going on because a lot of people don't realize What's going on? What you're saying is not what they hear on the telly. They always hear um, Gail and Chris, and they get a little bit of you, but not so much. So it's it's just nice having you here. Um, okay, so another year. What do you look for? What are you looking forward to this year?
5: Well, I'm looking for a, an exciting opportunity to see the greatest dogs in the world. I mean, you know, it's just such a wonderful thing to go down there, and I'm right down on the floor, right amongst the dogs. Uh, at the club table and um, it's the greatest place to be if you love dogs.
2: Great well thank you so much for joining us today give us the website where we can learn more about the show.
5: Sure go to westminsterkennelclub.org
2: westminsterkennelclub.org that's Mike Lefebvre discussing his role as the announcer for the 143rd Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show we're going to be so excited to hear that voice don't go away I'll be right back after the commercial break talking about what events to see and do during Westminster Kennel Club Week and where you can find me at the show
0: Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com.
2: This is the Pet Buzz on trendologist Charlotte Reed talking about the second oldest sporting event in the country, the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. If you're going to go to Westminster, you can find me at the following events. On February 7th, I'll be attending the American Heart Association Ball, where I'm going to watch Bo Derek walk with Flynn, the 2018 WKC winner. Check out GoRedForWomen.org. On February 8th, I will be ringside at the Progressive Toy Dog Show at the Hotel Pennsylvania. You can watch me at the English Toy Spaniel Ring on Facebook. slash Progressive Dog Club, Inc. On Saturday morning, meet me early at the AKC. Meet the breeds at Piers 92 and 93. Dress warm. It's always cold over there. Looking forward to meeting Anthony Hutcherson, the regional director of the International Cat Association, Tika. I'll be seeing his bendles. Then we'll catch the Amester's Agility Championship. Learn more at akc.org on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Yes, that's early. I'll be shopping at the St. John Flagship Store at 66.5 at 665th Avenue and then on the American Kennel Club's Museum of the Dogs, our full brunch on February 10th from 11 to 1 p.m. at 101 Park Avenue. Visit museumofthedog.org for more information. Later in the day, I don't want to miss out on an evening with Embark to learn more about Embark and their DNA programs. Sunday, February 10th, starting at 4 p.m. at the Juniper Bar and Grill. See embarkvet.org. For more DNA information, Dog Writers Association America will host their annual DWA Awards Banquet on Sunday, February 10th, between 5 and 9 p.m. The event will be held at the New Yorker or Wyndham Hotel for more information and tickets go to dogwriters.org True Panion invites you to an open happy hour on Monday February 11th from 5 to 7 at the Hotel Pennsylvania check it out at truepanion.com and of course on Monday and Tuesday during the day I'll be at Piers 92 and 94 sitting with my guests in the second row at Madison Square Garden on Monday and Tuesday night it's never too late to catch the show visit wkc.org lastly I will catch the winning dog at Sardi's on Wednesday after a quick photo. I'm going to enjoy the lovely spinach cannelloni at the famous Broadway hangout and that's sardis.com. Well, it's time for a commercial break and then we're going to come back and talk about the Westminster Kennel Club's tradition of giving with David Helming.
6: When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? Epi pet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. To order better pet health for your dog or cat, visit www.epi-pet.com. Welcome back to the Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch snuggling, ball chasing, face licking, and of course, companionship. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. Intuitive, and now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance will so come with this group. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Sachmo is to meet one. Visit the shelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the
2: Ad Council. Never
6: doubt that you're the one.
2: I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed, and here at the Pet Buzz, we're urban, suburban, and country. The Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show is one of the great American sporting activities that have delighted and dazzled folks of all ages for 144 years. But many people do not realize that there is a charitable component to the dog show. Joining us today to discuss the charitable aspect of the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show is the newest show chair, David Helming. David is also a breeder of Newfoundlands, as well as a judge. Well, good morning, David. Thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz. Good morning, Charlotte. It's nice to be here and talk to you today. Great. So before we get started, please tell us what it means to be a show chair. Lots and lots of stuff.
6: Uh, it's, uh, first of all, it's a, it's an honor, certainly, to be the show chair of Westminster Kennel Club. The devil's in the details. There's, there's a lot that goes on to putting on a good show. Some of the major components include, certainly establishing a good judging panel for exhibitors so they want to come and show there and then you have to secure the venue which we have two venues that you know the piers where we do our breed judging during the day and madison square garden where they do the group investment show at night and you have everything goes along with that uh Westminster, we have some unique things with the show being in two different locations, getting exhibitors back and forth. So, with some transportation logistical issues, we have dealt with there through the years, which has worked out well. But the show chair, uh, as far as taking care of your judges, that working very closely with your show superintendent to send out your judging premium, the premium list of so exhibitors can enter, getting the entries back, working with them to create a good work uh, judging schedule, and then getting your stewards lined up. Uh, it's a lot, a lot of work goes into it.
2: It's a lot of work. I was the show chair once for Twin Brooks, I think for two years. It was a lot of work. So I can only imagine at your level, like it's months and months and months and plan. It's like planning the minute that shows over, you got to start all over again, right?
6: You're absolutely right. We we literally do. We walk out of there on uh, that Tuesday night say, yeah, hey, it's gone, but your mind is still spinning for the following year because every year you try to improve it, Charlotte. Uh, you see things, and you try things. Some things work. Other things don't work as well as you anticipated. It may be a matter of going back and tweaking it to, to make it work better next year or grappling and starting new in some areas. But we're always looking to improve it, and especially a show like Westminster uh, holding in New York City brings lots of challenges uh, and opportunities.
4: I bet. So, now, we're, we're, so
2: obviously you've been in the dog show game for a long time. So I'm just curious, because this is something I've always liked to ask people. So to date, what is your favorite Westminster moment? Because everyone has one.
6: You're right. You're right. The highlight, obviously, to me was when our dog, uh, Josh, the Newfoundland, went best in show there in 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a feeling like you just can't imagine unless you go through it. Uh it was a super night, nice, a super show. I think that's the best he ever showed that night ever. He was a great show dog, anyways. But something was really special that night to win it all and come a best in show is you can't surpass that. Uh, I and think, you know what I, I remember that
2: is, about that night specifically? I mean, Josh won. It was a great night, um, but I remember all that snow in New York City. Right. Right. There was,
6: there was some heavy-duty snow that year. It didn't bother him at all. Newfoundlands loves snow and cold weather. Right. Uh, we've got to try and keep them clean walking around New York with slush and everything, but that's, that's more of a challenge for us.
2: And that but was the it, first time it, it Michelle won. Well. And that was the first time Michelle won Westminster. Yes,
6: yeah, she did. She won in yeah, 2004, and she did a repeat in 2005 with a short hair pointer.
2: Just unbelievable. Okay, so let's talk about Westminster and... Uh, and its charitable aspect, the giving part of the Westminster Club, Because I don't, I think a lot of people don't really know about uh, the charities and the charitable giving that you've been involved with over the years. So talk about that. Talk about some of the charities that Westminster has worked with over the years.
6: Yeah. And Westminster has a, a long tradition of caring. It actually goes back to when it first started, the first show in 1877, 1877. Uh, that's where westminster i think extended a show for a day and all the proceeds from that went to the asbca that was the beginning of it back uh, in 1877 but the club prides itself in promoting canine health uh, breed rescue canine companionship and supporting the support the supporting the sport itself in, in many ways uh is on multiple charities we've dealt with uh Some of the current ones, I mean, is Breed Rescue. We started a program in 2018 of recognizing three national breed clubs, uh, and we gave each a donation. So in our rescue area, we do honor rescue clubs and support them. And at this year's show, uh, we're going to have three rescue clubs, national rescue clubs, come and receive donations that night at the show. That's the second year in a row we've done that. We intend to continue that on because we really believe in Supporting these rescue people are so diligent, hardworking, and uh, they can use financial support. So that's a major area in breed rescue. Uh, we do a lot into dis- helping in disaster relief, uh, hurricanes, floods. We've been active with the AKC Reunite pro- uh, Group, which is a very progressive, pro- uh, proactive group down there, and we've supported them in several disasters trying to help dogs. We've worked with the AKC, and the AKC Humane Fund is another one. And there's been other organizations.
2: Yeah, like the, the Red Cross. You've worked with the Red Cross?
6: Yeah, the Red yeah, Cross back as far as World War I. Uh, we made donations back to them. So we're always open to, to new things, and we really, it's part of giving back to, to all these. It's great to win a show, and it's great we can take some of the proceeds and, and give it back to dogs and the dog fancy and helping, helping the sport in general.
2: You know, I'm, uh, I was always impressed with uh, the club's supportive of uh, veterinary students. Tell us a little bit about that.
6: Westminster has been involved in working with six universities, actually starting back around 1990. And it's Cornell, Michigan State, Tufts, Tuskegee, uh, at the time, University of California, Davis and University of Pennsylvania where we gave scholarships out annually to a student from each school. And this continued on until last year where we established uh, an endowment fund at five of these schools, which carries on as of today to, to keep supporting this whole veterinary scholarship aspect. And It's, it's been highly successful. Uh, the other scholarship program we, we help is in our juniors program, uh, we have a best junior every year and our eight finalists. This year we have an entry of over 100 juniors, which is fantastic. And that'll boil down to eight finalists. And the eight finalists uh, all receive scholarships ranging anywhere from $500 up to $10,000 to the winner. Uh, so we feel really strong about supporting that juniors and their education uh, needs. Uh, we also, as far as giving back in the show itself, the last couple of years, we've given back money to the the Masters Agility Champion, uh, whatever club they're in. It's recognized the American Kennel Club. We've made a donation to promote that agility. We've done a thing and obedience also. So, And actually this year here, we're also giving an award to the American Kennel Club's Junior Agility Club. So we're trying to give back and help the sport along. And as far as the sport in general also is that we have – support organizations such as Take the Lead, which helps uh, people really really down and out for a, a host of reasons. And we donate to that organization also.
2: Yeah, now your poster, very collectible. I, I actually, sitting in my studio, I have one on the wall. Um, what's the charity that uh, is the recipient of the 2019 poster?
6: Our 19 poster, the funds to generate towards that will go into supporting the rescue efforts of those three breed clubs I mentioned mm-hmm. the awards we're giving there so we're, we think it's a terrific poster uh it's getting a nice nice reaction so far and we hope to be able to raise some nice money through that so we can get back to these clubs and continue the programs to go forth
2: yeah I mean I think it's great Westminster does so much so tell us where we can learn more about the club can you give us the website
6: Yes, sir. our club is just westminsterkennelclub.org. Uh, it's got a ton, a ton of information from all the way to our what's going on in the show, uh, what's happened during the year. It talks about some of the things I've touched about as far as giving back to the sport. Uh, a lot, a lot of information on there. And we have current information, such as the judging program and activities going on in the area. And one area we also touch upon, I just want to mention what we're talking about, giving back, is our Back efforts back to help. Uh, we work for the American Kennel Club, Canine Health Foundation, the uh, American Mel uh, AMC, and things of like that. So we do give back in the health area also. That's
2: great. Well, David, thank you so much for joining us today. That was David Helming, the 2019 Show Chair of the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show, discussing the club's charitable giving. It's time for a commercial break, and then we're going to come back and talk about the Masters Obedience Championship.
6: Before he was a major league pitcher, threw a no-hitter and then a perfect game. Before he made history, Mark Burley was just a kid cut from his high school team twice. Before Bear taught himself to predict seizures and inspired thousands by saving his owner's life. Before he became a hero, he was just another dog in a Texas animal shelter. There's hidden potential in all of us. We just need someone to see it. Find it at adoptapet.com.
2: Just Charlotte Reed here at the Pet Buzz. We're urban, suburban, and country. You know, after listening to most of the show, you can tell that I'm really getting excited about going to the Westminster Annual Dog Show. Since bringing back obedience in the last four years, I have to admit that I've never seen the dogs compete in the obedience trials at the show. Well, if you don't know, basic obedience is the foundation for all dog sports. Obedience trials showcase dogs that have been trained and conditioned to behave well at home and public spaces and in the presence of other dogs. AKC obedience trials allow exhibitors and their dogs to enjoy companionship and competition as they proudly earn AKC titles. At dog shows. But today we're going to talk about the Masters Obedience Championship at the Westminster Kennel Club. So joining us today to talk about the WKC Obedience is Paul Campanella, the Director of Companion Events. Hi, Paul. Thanks so much for joining us.
3: Hi, how are you? Glad to be here.
2: Well, you know, I have to admit, you're the Director of Companion Events. That's kind of a fancy title. What do you do? I so love it though.
3: I run the obedience and agility trials for the Westminster cattle Club.
2: I guess companion events, that makes sense, right? Okay, so That's right. <laughs> So tell us about the Masters Obedience, I love saying that word, Masters, the Masters Obedience Championship. What is it and when is it?
3: So it is on the Monday of the dog show, mm-hmm. it's during the actual confirmation dog show.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It'll be in ring 10 on Pier 94. Okay. And it'll start at approximately 8.30 a.m., um, it'll go through around 11.30, and then we'll take a break. Um, we're going to do, do Dog Show 101, which is a great feature for Westminster, um, which helps you learn about how a dog progresses from the breed ring to best in show. So that's kind of an interesting feature we have going on, too. Yeah. And then approximately one we we'll do the final round of the obedience championship.
2: Okay, so, like, what did do the dogs do? Like, what am so I going to see? So the
3: first round is basic obedience. Okay. Healing, jumping, retrieving, things like that. Okay. Um, they'll be scored based on how well they do in that portion of the competition. Okay. And then there'll be a final round, which everyone will also compete in. That's more of a creative type of activity. So the handlers can do dance moves, Ooh. Um, different kinds of tricks and things like that. And they have a little leeway in their routine there. So they can create their own routine and they're judged on creativity and execution and basic obedience now there is there well. music? Um we don't have music there. Okay,
2: okay. 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 Now I, I just gotta ask you, now we've seen agility, which is like one of the fastest growing dog sports. So as compared to the Masters Agility competition, do you have as many dogs in obedience?
3: Uh no, there's significantly less dogs in obedience. Um We only have, you know, we we allow for up to 30 dogs in obedience, whereas Agility has 330 dogs. Okay. So it's a much smaller, smaller event.
2: Now, like Westminster, like the confirmation show, now are you invited to participate?
3: For obedience, the top 250 dogs in the country based on OCH points earned, which is Obedience Championship points earned in the previous calendar year and are invited to compete. Correct.
2: Okay. So, you know, one of the things I always find kind of fascinating about agility is that there are all these different size dogs and different breeds of dog. So, like, what breeds are we going to see competing in Obedience?
3: You're going to see... I believe we have 69 breeds this year. Ooh, that's pretty Um, impressive. you'll, You'll see... All kinds of dogs. I mean, every dog can compete in agility. Uh, obviously your border collies and your shelties and most of the herding breeds are more, are pretty skilled at it. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, they're built to be agile. Uh, but a lot of the dogs, your Papillons and you know your Pomeranians and, and dogs of that, those breeds. Are also highly competitive.
2: And they're going to be um, carrying stuff, have, right? I mean, like a Retriever, you expect them to carry like a dummy or like a barbellish kind of thing. But it's kind of cool when you see the smaller dogs do it. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Uh, some of these dogs, they, you know, your, your Papillons are, are wicked fast. Oh, they're they totally wicked fast. Like
2: well, if you've just joined us, we're talking to Westminster Kennel Club Paul Campanella about the Masters Obedience Championships. So you talked to us, to, you told us about what the dogs do. So, so tell us, just so enlighten us, because you know when you're you're seeing the Super Bowl, they always highlight a few players. So, like, who are the top dogs? What you know, who who well, are they? What breeds are they? So, so we know who the who the contenders are. The contenders, we love the contenders. In, in obedience or agility? Oh no, in obedience.
3: Okay, so in obedience, um, you have a lot of golden retrievers that are are really smart, um, and we also have um, the Labrador that's that's been entered for the past few years uh, mm-hmm. entered as well, and and I'm sure she'll be be there and be Oh, it's a she. So, Ooh, a rip. she. Go girl. Um, so the Labradors, your Goldens, you, you know the Border Collies and things like that as well are you know super intelligent and. Highly competitive
2: you know I, I have to tell you I've been going to Westminster since I was five years old uh, so it's a really, really long time I'm very fortunate uh thanks to my girl Florence vodi I have really great second row seats um <laughs> and uh, I love I love me some Florence so and I've showed dogs as a kid and I have a show i have I have English toy spaniels um great. It's interesting to see how I was, I have to tell you before, while I was preparing for this interview, I happened to see, I believe it was a 1948 obedience demonstration. Uh, yeah,
3: that's pretty amazing. It's
2: it really amazing. and It's
3: unbelievable. Exactly. Really, you know.
2: So now how has obedience that's being shown there, how is it, how has it evolved or changed at your show?
3: Well, that was, that was just a demonstration mm-hmm. um, put together by the members back then to just showcase, uh, an, you know, an interesting part of obedience. That wasn't really a competition. That was just to showcase. No, it, I have to say,
2: I'm going to put, put that clip up on our social media channels because what's so dramatic is it's black and white. It looks like it's evening light, you know. Um, right. Yeah. And, you know, when they separate from the dogs, they walk away from the dogs. It, it's just, it's very exhilarating it's very captivating it makes you think you look at your you kind of look at your fido and you say i wonder if he can do that
3: (laughs) you know we do have a group you know exercise like that as well you know a long a long stay but it's not it wasn't as choreographed as as that 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 um particular clip which is is pretty amazing
2: okay so i think when people see that clip and then see the presentation people i think are going to get really involved now I know in Agility, you can have mixed breeds dogs compete, correct?
3: That's correct. You can have an in obedience as well.
2: Okay, so mixed we breeds. We not have any entered
3: this year. Though. Okay, we so just, mixed breeds. An, in Agility, we have 27 um, All-American breeds.
2: Okay, I like that. All-American breeds. Yeah. Yes,
3: that's the AKC definition.
2: We, we um, like that.
3: All-American all breeds.
2: So when I go to the dog park, it could be the English Toy Spaniel, the Golden Retriever, and the All-American Breeds. I think I, I think right. I like that. I think I'm going to be using that from now on. Thanks, Paul, for that one. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, once they see the clip and once they watch the show, how do you see, because I think you started doing, did you do obedience when you were a kid? Because I know you've been showing dogs a long time, I right? Didn't.
3: I've been showing dogs since 1980, but I've never competed in obedience or agility for that matter. So,
2: yeah. And, and then what's I'm your breed? Scared. What do you breed? I forget.
3: I have uh, Nova Scotia Duck Tolling Retrievers. Ooh,
2: nice dogs! You know, it's it's really funny. Uh, not such a long time ago, um, I had this geneticist on these gals who've been doing this this work for like 20 years, and they were talking about the relationship between the poodle and the Nova Scotia Duck Tolling Retriever because they're also uh-huh. subject to the same, same similar eye diseases.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Wow, we
3: kept on the breed, so we, we don't have it on our line, thankfully. So,
2: <laughs> but your breed could do, probably do really well in obedience, right? If you took the plunge.
3: yeah, and they do well in agility, too. We have uh, quite, a, we have three or four I think Nova Scotia Neptala retrievers enter this year in agility.
2: Yeah, you know, tell us a little bit about the breed, because I think that's a great family dog.
3: Uh, they are. They are the smallest of the retrievers. They're super intelligent, um, and they're very good for families. They, they they like kids and they like other dogs. So the temperament on them is, is really amazing.
2: And what's and nice very, is
3: very smart, they're not drink. really
2: overbred, which is, I think, which is great. Right. You know, Absolutely. yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's so funny. You know, people, you know, I like, I said, I've been going to the dog show since I was five. So many, many, many years. And I, I'll tell uh-huh. you a funny story. I don't tell everyone this, but I'll tell you. So my dad <laughs> would always take me to the dog show. And my mother would always take me to Kentucky Derby, and never the Twain she'll meet. So, <laughs> wow! My dad was always thrilled when I was old enough to go to the bathroom by myself, and he didn't have to ask a nice lady if he would escort his daughter into the bathroom. Wow! And he that's would just true. sit outside and wait. So every time, it's so funny. Every time I go to Westminster, I always say a little prayer because I always think of my dad.
3: Sure. Always think yeah, of my that's dad. That's a, that's a- We've all got those great childhood experiences of the dog show. It's, it's pretty amazing.
2: I, I think it's great. Now, so, so you've been showing for how long? Uh,
3: since 1980.
2: 1980.
3: Yeah, I Bassett Hounds, actually, in 1980. Cool. Um, and then um, I took a little break when I was mm, 18 or 19 until about 25. And then I picked up again with the Tollers and the Chessies. Mm-hmm. And I judge all sporting breeds. I judge the entire sporting group as well.
2: Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Was it, I mean, that's a lot of dogs that you have to get like, you know, certified. And I don't think that's the right word, but for now it's okay. <laughs> right. I mean. Yeah. You're
3: licensed in all, in all the sporting breeds. It took me about 10 years to do it. I took my time. I wanted to be, you know, more educated mm-hmm. and, and take my time and learn each breed and at the end and after each breed. And, um, so now I'm licensed judge group.
2: Wow. I mean, that's a lot of studying. That's a total commitment but, you know, I'm so it glad is. that you got to spend some time with us and talk about your experience and, and like I said, oh, I love your title, Director of Companion Events. <laughs> Who thought that up? Yeah. Was um, that like a Tom Bradley it's, 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 thing? It's, it, no, it's
3: actually, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a Director of Companion Events at AKC. It's, 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 it's kind of a term, so.
2: Yeah. yeah, we like that. That's a good term. Well, look, Paul, <laughs> I'm going to look for you uh, at the dog Great. show. Uh, I'll be walking around. Good. I'll
3: be there. We're and, the uh, away
2: now. yeah, well, t- well I want to do a selfie with you. you good. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm so I'm sitting here. I'm trying to figure out how how many actually, how many? I know there's like what 196 breeds and varieties. Am I off by one or two? No, you're
3: off by a few of those. 200. I believe it's 204
2: this year. Oh, that's right. 204 because you got some new breeds. Okay. So I'm looking at my yeah. AKC. I better get a new AKC chart. So I better call up Gina DiNardo and have her send me one. I have actually. I got a chart from Gina, and it's in my studio. I got a fancy, very expensive frame on my Guide to Purebred Dogs chart with all the other artwork here <laughs> in the ex- studio.
3: It expands every year, and it's going to grow next year as well.
2: I know. Yeah. I mean, I I, I guess I'm going to have to, like, work on the frame. Hopefully, the, it stays the same, about the same size. Maybe they, they shrink <laughs> the dogs down a little bit. But on that note— yeah. um, Thanks so much for joining us today. And before you leave, just give us the Westminster website, because I really want everyone to check out the obedience, and I want you to get motivated and work on your dog, please. Good manners <laughs> is always important, even if it's just neighborhood it's, manners.
3: It's WestminsterCowClub.org.
2: That was Paul Campanella, the director of Companion Events for the Westminster Kennel Club discussing the Masters Obedience Championship. We're going to take a commercial break and be right back. Unfortunately, it's time to wrap up this wonderful Westminster edition. Before I leave to go to New York, I want to let you know Dr. Fleck will be back next week. And we're going to be talking about pet theft awareness, veterinary cardiology, love your pet day and presidential pets. And of course, I want to thank my guests, Gail Miller Beischer, Michael LaFave, Dave Helming and Paul Campanella. And we always want to thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin, coat, and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Have a question? Write us at, at petbuzz.com and we will cover it on our next show. And just so you know, you can follow along on our social media channels as the show airs. We post our thoughts, note, pics so you can have a thoroughly enjoyable experience as you listen to the show. And if you missed any portion of the show, visit our social media channels and listen to the Link podcast on Monday morning additionally you can follow my trip to the Super Bowl of dog shows also on our social media channels that's Twitter Instagram and Facebook but most importantly we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets peace out and pet love
1: goodbye oh,
6: happy
4: day, oh, happy
6: day. Oh, happy day. When Jesus when Jesus oh, when he when
1: Jesus Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed, and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.
0: The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program.